Before we get started, I want to let everyone know that this episode is brought to you in parts by Joe's Pizza Shop. New location at 8154 Jean d'Arc Boulevard in Orleans. Providing a variety of fresh pizza pies to share with the squad on Hockey Night in Canada. Or the crispiest chicken to consume with the in-laws. The options are endless. Swing on by like Peter Parker to Joe's Pizza Shop on Jean d'Arc Boulevard for a fresh slice of Zaw. Now back to the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and Curtis and I. Curtis, you absolutely killed it on here. And we look forward to having you on again down the road for your seventh appearance on the pod. So now for episode 122 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. So it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. It's a glorious time. NHL's back. And we also have a great podcast episode for you guys right now. We're going to be talking about two big shows on Disney+. Plus. Eric, why don't you tell the people what they are? Yes, sir. So for this episode, we're going to be talking about our um, one of our favorite film series of all time, Star Wars, and the two shows that... And focusing on the two shows that this franchise has released this year on Disney+. Plus both Mandalorian Season 3 and the inaugural season of Ahsoka on, like I said, Disney+. Plus. So should be a lot of fun to go over those two shows. And then we'll get into some general Star Wars talk, kind of where this franchise is at, where it's headed, what we've liked, what we've seen so far, all that fun stuff. So figured we'd go back to, I believe it was February or March of this year, which feels like ages ago, when The Mandalorian's (laughs) third season dropped on Disney+. Plus. And um, we never really got the chance to give our thoughts on this show on the pod. So I feel like that's a good, now's a good time for that. So Matt, I'll throw it over to you first. What are your thoughts on the third season of the hit show, The Mandalorian? My initial thoughts were not as, I didn't like them as much as season one and two. Like my, my initial thought was there was a lot of filler. There was some really good stuff though, too. I like the beginning. I like the ending. It was it was peppered with some filler, though. There's a really good story, though, in this eight or ten episode season. Can't remember how many episodes. Um, so I liked it. I just didn't think it would be better. I don't think it was better than season one and two. I'm gonna get more into details later on specific things they threw in there that I wasn't a fan of. But my initial thought was it, it was good, but it wasn't great like season one and two. And this this season did get more hate than usual. Maybe people are getting fatigued, but. Uh, yeah, those are my initial thoughts, Eric. What do you, do you think of season three? Yeah, I'd almost exactly emulate your thoughts. I was, um, I enjoyed it. You know, I like tuning in every week, watching the Mando episode, see what they're going to be up to. But it was, for me, a step down from seasons one and two. And I kind of went into this show thinking that, okay, like they nailed the first two seasons. If they come out of this with a really solid season, like we're looking at The Mandalorian as a one of the top shows out there in recent history when you can nail three seasons and it didn't really reach that level for me maybe that's on me holding it to such a high standard but I do feel like they took a step back in season three and for the reasons you listed lots of filler and while yes the story was interesting they took too many detours and Mm -hmm, I also mm -hmm. feel like there maybe wasn't enough uh, Mando there wasn't enough din in this season like they really start to shift on the focus on Bo-Katan 
So, yeah. anyways, those are my initial thoughts. I'm sure we'll get into more of this specifics concerning what I just said later there. But, yeah, I mean, good for sure. But I can say right now, I don't anticipate this season will make my top 10 list of the year mm. because there have been many other shows that I've enjoyed much more. But in saying this, like, it's still Mando. I love the world. I love tuning in and seeing what they do. Like, there's a lot of really cool moments in this season as well. Exactly what you just said. That that last part, per, you nailed it, Eric, on. It, it looked amazing. Like, 10 out of 10 for the CGI, the action, the visuals. There was a lot of cool, like, dog fights and, like, aerial dog fights. A couple cool sequences with, like, creatures. But... Yes, the story was lacking. Although I'm, the story was lacking. They they didn't show what I wanted to see the most, which is basically what I want. Okay, so I'm just gonna like full spoilers right now. Obviously, like you have to have watched the season, but like this this focus on the recapture of Mandalore this season and like bringing the glory back. There's a lot of Mandalore mythology in this season. I would have liked just that. I would have like, preferred this season be condensed into like a two and a half hour movie just on like. The first few episodes and a few last episodes, that would have that would have been a nice movie, in my opinion. Instead of like having pirate side quests and like uh, a robot malfunctioning side quest, you know, on other planets, Ugh. that I wasn't a fan of. You know, like the the pirate king, Gore. Uh, what's his name? It doesn't matter what his name. <laughs> I wrote it down. I can't. Gorian Garp. Shard. He was ridiculous, right? But like the beginning, it started out great to me. The apostate episode one, where they go like. They go see the um, the Mandalor, like the the hardcore sect, you know, with the armor and Paz Vizsla. Like I, I like that, I like that, and I like the last two episodes where they reunite and they're all on Mandalore. You know, you got Axe Wolves with them too, and Bo like when they're reuniting, that's cool. They meet up with like the people that have been there the whole time, and that stuff to me, Eric, that's that's all I wanted to see the whole time. But we only got that in like two, three episodes. Din, yes, Din was absent a lot. Bo-Katan, though, I, I like her character a lot, Eric. Like, how do you feel about her? And how do you feel about, like, characters like the Armor and Paz Vizsla? Let's start with those three. Yeah, so those are good characters to focus on because I do like all of them, honestly. Rip, Paz mm -hmm. Vizsla. Never thought I'd shed a yeah. tear to see that guy go down, <laughs> but here we are. That's character development at its finest right there. But no, mm -hmm. I do... I don't really have a problem with them, like, handing over the reins to Bo-Katan, and maybe she's now the Mandalorian that we're following, or is the Mandalorian plural, I don't know. But she is great. The actress nails it. Katie Sackhoff, mm -hmm. I believe, who... Which is mm -hmm. awesome that she plays Bo-Katan in the animated series as well, voices her, and now gets to play her in live action. Unreal. She's committed to the role, loves the character. I, I love her in that role. But mm. you're right. I would have also liked to see more of a full-on Mandalore exploration of the ecosystem there and, like, what kind of political dynamics are at stake there. Like, mm -hmm. who can become the ruler of Mandalore? And I think we talked about that in our last episode when we covered Mandalore in Season 1 and 2 and we talked about our predictions. Like, that's what we wanted to see, like, a Game of Thrones-style political intrigue where different yeah. sects of Mandalore were at odds with one another. And I feel like that would have been a better route to go for this season with all the, mm -hmm. but we, and we kind of did have the different sects, right? With the armor and the, uh, the creed, as opposed to like the Mandalorians who are fine with taking their helmets off, like death watch sect kind of off branch, all yeah. those people like Axe wolves and them, but it, it didn't really go in the exact direction. I guess we both wanted it to go in and made for not as, um, 
thrilling, perhaps. Yes. And, yeah, the side plots, like, that would have cut the whole pirate stuff out, like, monkey D garp, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, just get rid of it all, <laughs> right? And the obviously the Coruscant plot, no need mm. for that to be in there. I guess it's a way of showing that there are still those who are loyal to the the Empire, start of the First Order coming back up and all that, and Moff Gideon. I'm also sick of Moff Gideon, to be honest. <laughs> I hope he's dead, but I'm honestly not convinced that he is. They yeah. kind of made him go out like a sucker, too. Like, he came back looking pretty cool with his new armor and all that and the clones. Yeah. But that was barely explained. It was just thrown in the mix because why not? And then Din just hits, like, a couple of buttons, and, oh, they're all dead now. So execution wise not that's why i say not the strongest we're like we wanted the political thriller we got the maybe like basic disney action plot yeah like we could have got like an andor level political intrigue but we didn't we got like exactly exactly what you just said um okay the whole coruscant dr pershing elia kane plot shadow council stuff like that's to me i'm interested in that i would i would watch a whole different thing on that but not in a mandalorian season exactly. to me it doesn't belong there it belonged in an andor-esque show i'd watch a whole show on like a freaking imperial undercover person trying to bring the glory back like mm-hmm. that'd be like a house of cards coruscant style you know that'd be cool yeah. but it was very like jarring to see that intercut with all the mandalorian stuff I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but, like, are they trying to, like, go back and explain Rise of Skywalker? Like, once that came out, people were like, what the hell? Like, cloning came out of nowhere. Now they're introducing cloning in everything we see, basically, right? It's a big plot now. It's a big uh, point of contention. Um, And I guess Dr. Pershing knew too much. That's why he got his memory wiped or something. Uh, Seemingly by a good guy, but we know she's not. Cool, like, cool foreshadowing in this for Ahsoka, the stuff that's going to happen in Ahsoka, right, with, like, the return of a certain individual. That I liked. I I, I like that stuff. I'm not going to lie. That was cool. Moff Gideon, okay. I am a little tired of him, too. Like, Jin Collar Esposito is popping up in everything right now, and, like, he's pretty badass, but is there Moff Gideon fatigue with me? Yes, as well. Let's go back to Paz Vizsla. That was maybe my favorite scene, his, like, his last stand death who doesn't love a good last stand death and sacrificing himself we all wish we could do that let's be real here don't lie to yourself and then the praetorian guard kind of came out of nowhere but who cares that was cool right eric um what do you think of grogu in this season by the way yeah like is he overpowered is he yeah what do you think yeah grogu i don't want to come off as just complaining about everything here like i like grogu a lot don't get me wrong but I feel like at times, like, the jumping around looks a bit goofy, honestly. Like, it just looks like he's being, like, I don't know, thrown up in the air and then he lands. Like, it's not as smooth yeah. as, like, how we've seen a Yoda maneuver in the Attack of the Clones bouncing off the wall and uh, Revenge of the Sith against Sidious, right? And we can't really expect that level of maneuverability from Grogu. He's still mm-hmm. only 50 years old after all. So he only hits his strides maybe when he hits the the 600 year mark. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know, like, the action scenes with him are, they look a bit off. Like when he was running away from yeah. the Praetorian guards or whatever they're called there. I remember I was still into it, but like the whole time, you know, he's going to be fine. There's not really the a level of urgency or fear with him, which again, I don't, I don't really mind that. And he did come in clutch with when um, 
Moff Gideon like exploded or something. There was the fire that went off, and then he had the Force yeah. shield or aura around his uh, mom and dad, protected mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I mean there were some funny moments with him, like in the robot, like saying like no, no, yes, yes. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was what else? I guess him like training to be a foundling was all right. Getting his armor, getting, getting his that armor. piece of armor. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know what the end game is with Grogu. Honestly, I don't know mm-hmm. where we're headed with him. Like now he is a Mandalorian. I would like him to maybe be able to speak down the road or something because yeah. right now he's kind of just like a cute prop who comes in on the f- like fourth down, fourth and mm. long and somehow makes the Hail Mary play to get us that extra the touchdown at the end of the game kind of thing. Like he's a cheat code. Let's be real here. Wow. <laughs> it's like cheering. beautifully said. It's like when Alfie appears on the Jumbotron at the Sens game, the yeah. whole place goes nuts. <laughs> Automatic <laughs> vibe changer, right? So yeah. Um Grogu obviously I, I like Grogu though, don't get me wrong. And I also just want to comment on your point about wanting to see a store a show follow like Underworld Coruscant and the um, Empire mm-hmm establishing its dominance and just getting back on its feet agreed with you a hundred percent would love that kind of show but it just felt inserted in here at the wrong time maybe and took away from like we want to follow mm-hmm. mando here on yeah. mandalore not helping jack black and lizzo what <laughs> <laughs> off episode so yeah that episode had a lot of controversy in terms of like people are trashing it online and people are not a big fan of that episode because it was a filler episode and a little ridiculous. It is jarring seeing Jack Black and Lizzo because you, you don't you can't picture them in this world because you know them so well in the in our real world. Um, you said amazing things about Grogu. That's exactly what he is. He has a cheat code. He's like the plot, like armor for Din. You know he's not going to die. You know yeah. when that ship's coming down at, in the last episode that they're not going to like explode. You know... He, he's there, for, he's funny, but then he's like also the most overpowered yeah. member of the party. For those who have seen Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated show, just transitioning into something else now, there's like four part episode on Mandalore where there's like epic fights and political intrigue, basically what you want to see on, on a live action show. But this was during when Mandalore was an actual city. And there's a lot of cool fights, like jet, like, Mandalorians fighting each other and there's a lot of cool like action which I thought the show captured really well the live action show the dark troopers versus the Mandalorians all the different gangs coming together that was really well done actually that I was impressed by that in the last few episodes that we got high level like really well done CGI that you don't expect from a TV show I I, I guess you should expect to you should expect it actually because we've seen that in season one and two the 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 action the budget really is like producing good action here even like with all the creatures like we see like that bat dragging creep that little yeah. bird that stole uh ragnar P- paz vizla's like foundling now you see like it's cool to watch but we don't really care we want the story to move along the whole thing with the mythology with the mythosaur and bo-katan like kind of like re it's like giving her a rebirth and like re regaining her uh momentum to um the recapture, like the former glory of Mandalore. That was a mouthful. Um, that was cool to see. And do you, do, okay, here's a question for you. The Darksaber, did you think that was like a cheap way of giving it back to Bo-Katan? Saying like he got captured, he got disarmed, she attacked his captor, disarmed. Like, 
Did you like how the dark saber got transitioned, or did you think that was too cheap? So a bit of both. I do think it was like a neat little loophole that kind of prevented our two protagonists from having to fight and like have a conflict arise there over ownership of the dark saber. For sure, it was like a an easy way out, right? I don't really mm-hmm. mind it to be honest because I didn't want Din and Bo-Katan to go at it against each other. Mm-hmm. So it it was fine. Like I accepted it. Like they do, they did need to move the plot along in like having everyone be on the same page and acknowledge her as, okay, she's the leader here. He doesn't want to be the leader. Like we've said before, he's the Jon Snow. He never wanted it. So just give it to mm-hmm. Bo-Katan and not have this Jon Snow has to kill Daenerys. Spoiler. And then we can move along <laughs> happily ever after. So no, it was fine, honestly. Didn't the dark get broken though at the end? Like if I'm remembering yeah. correctly, that sucks. Yeah. Like I was, I was definitely disappointed to see that. That's one of the coolest, if not the coolest, mm-hmm. weapon in Star Wars. So hopefully they can find a way to bring yeah. it back into the mix in the next season. But and you're right, the live action battles in Mandalore were unreal. I was hooked episode seven and eight were the best in my opinion like the end of the season very strongly and mm-hmm. has me ho- i'm very excited for the next season like i just want that to be clear like i'm i'm still all in on the mandalorian i love it but absolutely yeah. um and the mythosaur i want to see more of it i thought we'd see it pop mm-hmm. up maybe in this season as well it kind of reminded me of the um there's always a bigger fish in Phantom Menace that yeah. just yes. eats both those uh, fish in uh, Naboo under the planet core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, the religious yeah. zealots, I think they're um, moving on. Moving on, they're all now, or no, they're all in the creed now, or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see. Uh, I well, I thought we'd see more of Din without his helmet this season too, but I think Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal was too busy filming The Last of Us, so actually wasn't even on set for some of these. Uh. So I honestly thought, and I think that's the direction they should have gone into, end of episode 7, when they closed the blast doors, and then uh, Din was on his own on the platform with like all of um, Moff Gideon's death dark troopers, if that's what they're called, I forget. And then they had him, like, roped up, like, tied to the floor. I thought Moff Gideon was going to honestly snap his head off like Anakin did Count Dooku in Revenge of the Sith. And I would have been fine with that, to be honest. I think that would have been a bold and gutsy play to kill the Mandalorian. But then you're just truly passing the torch on to Bo-Katan as she's the Mandalorian now. I think that would have been a good move, honestly. Good shows aren't afraid to take risks and pull those punches. I was a bit disappointed that they didn't go that route, but of course I still love Din as a character, so it's not the end of the world, but I think that would have been Mm -hmm. a a good move to make. What are your thoughts on that kind of take? I like that kind of take a lot, Eric. That's what, like makes a show more emotional. You're more invested. You want to tune in the next week, the next season. You love it or hate it. It's, when you know a show's willing to do that, you're tu- you're tuning in and you're like on edge on the edge of your seat, kind of like Game of Thrones in the first few seasons. Like you didn't know what the hell was gonna happen. But it's Disney and Star Wars. Like they're never gonna do that. I, I doubt ever like anything bad's gonna happen to Din, another character that I don't think anything bad's gonna happen to. This guy's popping up everywhere. Captain Tava. Oh God. You're not a fan? He's like everywhere. He's, he's, the, he's the scout. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. 
I, I have a, a bone to pick with Carson Tiva, but go on. Tiva, yeah. Before you give us your thoughts, I'll just say, like, he's like the liaison, like, all the time. Like, he's the one that goes to get the Creed Mandos to help, uh, um, to help out Din and stuff. Like, he's, like, he's, he's basically, like, the liaison between the New Republic and whoever we're following, be it in, e- in either show, really, honestly. He's popping up in the two shows we're talking tonight. Um, I don't mind his character. I like the, I like seeing X-Wings in action, but we are seeing a lot of them. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm curious. Well, I've already kind of pl- shown <laughs> yeah. my hand this now. I feel too much Carson Tifa. Like, we got to nah. just pull it back a little bit on him. Like, just give us season four with no Carson Tifa, please. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I listened to a pod that obviously they analyze the Mandalorian and all these Star Wars shows, there's a guy, one of the hosts on the podcast feels the same way as me about Carson Tiva. Ah. Felt very um, validated in my take that I'm not the only one who's mm. sick of seeing this guy. Always, whenever you see an X-Wing roll up in the sky, you know <laughs> it's CT rolling up. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're right, he's not. he's never going to get clipped. He's... Yeah, I think... Anyways, when we get to Ahsoka, we can talk about his involvement there, but... Yeah, too much of him, in my opinion. He's a fine character, don't get me wrong, but like, is there mm-hmm. no one else in this New Republic that can be making exactly. these kind of trips and roll up? Like, give us Dave Filoni. He's popped up a couple of times. Like, let's see him next time. Or um, yeah. Deborah Chow, I believe. I think they just keep throwing, like, the directors and showrunners of these other Star yeah. Wars shows. They keep popping up, which I don't mind that at all. But yeah, Carson Tiva, just a bit much for my liking. Mm-hmm. But give us Zeb. Like, they gave us... um. A nice tease of him, right? He was he showed up in mm-hmm. one episode, chopping it up with with Carson at the bar, but um, that was a quick cup of tea. But and you're right, I just want to say real yeah. quick on Din, like they're obviously probably not going to kill him there. The show would lose a lot of its appeal. Like Pedro Pascal is one of the biggest stars nowadays. Like you're losing a lot of points with the the ratings if you you're getting rid of him, right? So I understand that they didn't want to take that shot, but. I would have respected is all I have to say. But yeah, Carson Tiva. I mean, I don't know what else I can say at this point. I know he's going to be in season four, probably Ahsoka season two. (laughs) In the eventual movie covering this kind of timeline, Star Wars, he's probably going to have a little appearance in there. So good for him, I guess. But yeah, a bit much. Let me know. Hey, if anyone else feels that way, please let me know. I want to know if I'm alone on this take. No, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you. Um, just quickly, now I'm curious. What are your thoughts on Peli Moto on Moss Eisley? Same, same thing. Too much of her. <laughs> every every single season, she's rolling up. Like you were going on, you see the outline of Tatooine in the distance. There, I know what the yeah. first stop is. Always her and her droids. She's talking about her like one night stand with a Jawa. Yeah. Like I don't need to hear about this. <laughs> see, that's the stuff that could have just been cut, in my opinion. Like. That's the stuff that filled two, three episodes that was a little boring. Not yes. boring, just like we've seen this before. Like I said, like the first two, three episodes loved. The last two loved. It was the middle stuff. Um, it was cool to see like Grief Karga, like the town getting invaded by pirates and then the Mandos all take them down. Like that was cool to yeah. see. But I mean, yeah, the Pirate King was ridiculous. There's only one Pirate King. I'm at a point with The Mandalorian that I don't really want to see these little side adventures anymore. Mm -hmm. Like where he's, oh, to get this information, you need to do this mission for this person who knows where the location is of X, X, Y, Z. Like, 
I just want them to move the plot forward into maybe getting into like what you talked about earlier, like the shadow council, the cloning. Let's get more just yeah. straightforward answers about that. And maybe even like the restoration of Mandalore and all that. And that's where I want this show to go. And I wanted it to go in this season as well. I feel like season one, that's fine with the one-off missions. Even there's some in season two, but there was a bit of a plot in wanting to find a Jedi for uh, Grogu, right? Like we want to reunite him with, with his kind and all that. Yeah. And now season three, like it should have really just been a focused Mandalore plot, but it wasn't really. So hopefully they now go the clone route and um, building up the first order. Like that's what I think all these shows are building towards, which I like. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like the direction they're going in. All these pieces are being placed mm-hmm. and we got Thrawn, the big boy at the top who like you, I'm glad they name drop. I thought he was going to be in this season. Honestly, I thought we'd get a little tease of yeah. him at the end. I did like that shadow counts. Like you saw um, what's his face. Um, Hux. Hux. I think it was like his father, or his brother though. Apparently it wasn't the Hux yeah. from the, the sequel trilogy, which I thought that was cool. And uh, yeah, so that was good stuff. Hopefully we get more of that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff I love the most. Like little, the, the important, the really important stuff. I think Disney has this thing where they like the side quest. They like making it like, if you watch any Saturday morning cartoon or anime show, like there's there's lots of filler episodes and they like penciling that in because it's fun and it's not serious all the time. I really think it's for all ages, right? This show, it's not like super violent. So I'm, I think the younger people watching the show love those episodes. You know, it's more silly. It's not as serious. The stakes aren't as high. To me though, it's, I want to see the, the stuff that you want to see too, Eric. So I don't know, overall, good season wasn't great or wasn't fantastic really yeah. i agree with you at the top 10 like there's been a lot of solid shows this year yeah. actually the more the year like the closer we get to the end of the year like i'm i have a good list of shows i've watched and there's a lot of good stuff but yeah this one wasn't the wasn't the greatest i think it's like i gave it i'd give it like a b honestly i think that's a fair rating for this season. that's good b Very plus fair. i feel like It'd be maybe pushing it because there was quite a bit that I didn't really love. That being said, though, I feel mm-hmm. like every week when I was tuning in, I, I wasn't like walking away with it being mad or disappointed. There's always something I liked in every episode. But if you're looking at the season as a whole, too many, too much filler, too many weaknesses to really give it like above that, in my opinion. Yeah, well said. Oh, uh, just I just want to mention this before we, I don't want to miss this, but. Grogu has like a flashback of this Jedi helping him escape the, when the younglings are getting killed. That was cool. Jedi uh, Kaloran Beck, he was pretty cool. And you kind of find out more on that. I'd love to see uh, the like the Order 66 fallout, like more of that, whether through flashbacks or other means. But that's such a cool period where there's more Jedis than we think that is that have escape that have made it out of that so like that's a really cool interesting we only got like a such a like five ten minute segment in revenge of the sith which was heartbreaking by the way let's be real but uh order 66 super fascinating i already like i bet you there's books on it like star wars books on it and like they go into detail but like that's a cool period they even touch on it in the last few episodes of clone wars that whole period is probably the best in star wars you know anakin's downfall darth vader's arises and all that like that's really cool stuff and any flashback we get of it i'm gonna love at this rate it's like more jedi survived than the ones who died from order 66 like, they right. keep popping up every every show they're like yeah you got this guy now and this girl like they're all just coming up it's out true. of the woodworks 
but no, it was a great it was a great flashback i loved it and i forget if we talked about this on an older pod but that guy that actor is the one who played jar jar in um, the prequel trilogy oh yeah was it which is I pretty sick so like you love to see him come back into the star wars universe where he dealt with yeah. a lot of hate unfortunately online which is completely undeserved I just rewatched Phantom Menace the other day. I gave it a, a five out of five on Letterboxd, which might be insane to give. But I just love that movie. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I have no issue with Jar Jar himself. He'll never catch me saying a bad thing about Jar Jar Binks. So just wanna, I'm glad they gave him his flowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's bring him back. Give some more Killer and Beck um, <laughs> flashbacks or a full series. Who knows? Yeah. But he was awesome. Yeah. We'll get back to the episode shortly. I just want to take a quick moment to let you all know that this episode is also brought to you by The Senator's Sermon. This new blog has been pumping out content on a daily basis to provide critical insight on the Ottawa Senators and will continue to do so all season long. While times have been tough in the last week, the staff at The Senator's Sermon will give you a fresh perspective with our passionate writing style bringing the entertainment with each and every blog when the energy may be lacking at times on the ice. Go to senatorssermon.wordpress.com and be sure to subscribe to their newsletter to ensure you don't miss a single post. senatorssermon.wordpress.com Now back to the episode. Why don't you intro... uh... Star Wars Rebels. I mean, I mean Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, so the next show we're going to talk about is um, one that was a character that has been introduced actually in live action in Mandalorian Season 2. Was in Book of Boba Fett for a couple of episodes or maybe just one, I forget. And um, a fan favorite from the Clone Wars show and Star Wars Rebels and other animated show, Ahsoka. This was announced quite a few years ago that she'd get her own live action um, standalone show. But like Matt mm-hmm. said... This show really did follow, was a continuation of the animated show, Star Wars Rebels, which ran for, I think, five seasons, four or five seasons. Great show, first of all. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. it, I'm curious what your experience was watching Ahsoka, having not seen Star Wars Rebels, because this really was, okay, it was the fifth season, because there's four seasons. This was the fifth season of Rebels, essentially. You're following all the same characters from that show. And they did a bang-on job at bringing the characters to life from that um, animated show. But focusing on Ahsoka herself, I really enjoyed this show. Honestly, I felt like it Mm -hmm. got better as we got into each episode. Little to no filler. I don't think there was any filler in this season, honestly. as From episode four onward, it really hit its stride and a great buildup towards the final um, culmination of uh, the season. So... Love the story in this one. Love the characters, old and new, that they introduced. And just great Star Wars. Like, a lot of lightsaber mm-hmm. action. So those would be my opening thoughts. Matt, what about you? My opening thoughts are, I loved this show too. Whether that's with my nostalgia glasses on or not. Like, because I love Star Wars Rebels. Like, I think this was a super solid show. Linear storytelling. This, ba- oh yeah, I'll just say it now. This is basically the closest I'm going to get to, like, Lord of the Rings being in Star Wars in terms of more fantasy elements being introduced into Star Wars, which we've seen in Clone Wars and Rebels, but now we see it live action. I love, those are my like two favorite franchises. 
I love the whole witchcraft fantasy angle that they showed us. And I want to see more of that. So yeah, no, Eric, I freaking, this show is awesome. I, I, no, I wasn't in tears, but like I had goosebumps, like seeing all the rebels characters come to like, come to flesh. Like I just needed like a Kanan jar, a Kanan, like light, like flashback or something just to like see him, what he would look like live action. Cause you know, in my head, I don't, I didn't, I didn't picture what they would look like in live action. Right. And then every time, like when we see Ezra, when we see Hera, they're perfect. Sabine, Sabine was great. I wasn't sure after episode one, but she grew on me. Um, did you like the whole, like, her getting trained as a Jedi angle and being a little stubborn? Like, I, 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 that grew on me after a while. Yeah, grew on me for sure. At first, I, I found it, like you would say, a bit jarring at first. I was like, okay. Right. I was running it back in my head. Like, was there ever any mention of her being Force-sensitive in Rebels? Like, I, I escaped my <laughs> right. mind. Like, I've only seen the show once. It was a few years ago, so maybe I'm forgetting it. But it felt like out of nowhere to me. Like, oh, she's, we tried to make her my apprentice before, but... Let's yeah. see if it works this time. I was like, what? She has a lightsaber? Like, it, I just forgot about all this stuff, really. But as we yeah. went along, and I'm also glad it was a very gradual ascent until it was like a massive ascent at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, it, it's fine. You know, we, we need our Jedi out there. We got, there's big, big fish to fry out there. And she yeah. did take a lot of L's in the season, too. Like, um, Shin. I was trying to get her name right. Shin Tahi Hati. Shin Hati. She was, um, she had her number a couple of times. <laughs> and a lot of good action scenes in there. Like, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sabine, a bit whiny at first, but yeah. you understand that there would be some maybe resentment with Ahsoka in their, um, like, mentor mentee dynamic, mm-hmm. being both being stu- a little stubborn. But the Ahsoka mm-hmm. we're seeing now is like, way more wise than the one right. we've seen in the sh- uh, animated shows, right? So, interesting oh, yeah. to see. But yeah, they did a great job at making all the live-action character transitions smooth. Going kind of in order, I guess. Like, Ahsoka herself, I really enjoyed. She was more, like like I said, cerebral. Didn't mm-hmm. talk as much as we're used to seeing her in the animated shows where she's like a, a chatterbox. But here mm-hmm. she's like really <laughs> wise and collected and uh, has a slower pace in her like fighting style too which i enjoyed a lot like i thought she had the some of the best fighting scenes in the show and that's saying something that there's a lot of different cool different styles like everyone had their own lightsaber style in there too like like, i just want to mention balin off the rip like he was unreal as a newer character but yeah so sabine like i said solid character grew on me Again, would have been a crazy punch if she died in the first episode. I was pretty convinced she wasn't dead because it was episode one. Like, you're not reintroducing her when she has her dynamic with Ezra. And we're not even going to get them reunited until later in the season. So let's talk about what this show did, which is not answering all our questions right away. Giving us like teasing us with we have to like work it out for ourselves. Like Balin's super mysterious. They don't give us all the answers, even like. Till, up till the very end, which I don't know where they're going with this character since Ray Stevenson's no longer with us. But like, and they didn't, they didn't, ha- they didn't give us like freaking detailed explanations on like the distant galaxy that they were going in the whales that transported them. They're like, they didn't like flood us with dialogue, just ex- just exposition dialogue. 
they let us like like I don't know how someone with with not watching Rebels would feel about this show just getting flooded by all these characters and where they're like are we supposed to know who these are like why is there so much emotion between them you see I'm super into Rebels so I know all this already but I don't know how a newcomer would feel but I guess Star Wars does that it's like you gotta watch the back catalog yeah. okay Balin his one of the best entrances ever like in episode one just like taking down dudes and like super calm like you're talking about ahsoka being calm yeah. balin is the picture of stoicism and like being just like a ruthless like you you quoted him in the last that last episode we did right eric that was which Sweet. is a quote it's actually a, a louis the 14th quote oh really you know oh. uh impa- impatience and victory guarantees defeat yeah that's like i googled that actually oh, i want to I know where it, it came a, from i thought it was a balin skull original Still, still a yeah, cold but, line, though. Oh, my God. Haunting. And the choreography with the lightsabers. Like, to me, the highlight was Ahsoka versus Morgan Elsbeth. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. So good. She was great character. I loved her character, actually. And I know the actress is into martial arts, too, so she did all her own stuff. The Night Sisters of Dathomir. Like, I love those. Cl- you see them in the Clone Wars. Some of the best episodes you'll ever see. Now they're brought to life. They look great. And the, just the voice, like the voice was perfect. I was waiting for that because there's always like when they talk, you get like the background, like it echoes a little bit. That was beautifully done. This whole show is, like I said, there's no fill. Like you said, there's no filler. It It's all leading towards a big event. This big event being the return of Grand Ad- Admiral Thrawn, which again, if you haven't seen Rebels, you're like, what's the big deal? Who the hell is this guy? Why is he so important? Why is he gone? Uh, all that's explained in Rebels. But um, honestly, it the, the 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 payoff was there. Like once we got him, he was amazing. Lars Mikkelsen, yeah. phenomenal. Eric, like talk about Thrawn. Like did he meet every expectation you had? Yeah, I mean, so that's two for two now in terms of blue animated characters that become some of my favorite characters in Star Wars and Cat mm. Bane and Grand Admiral Thrawn, and they. You did, you did a great job at introducing how he was introduced in that the whole season is leading is building up to his return and our protagonist wanting to find Ezra Bridger mm-hmm. who sacrificed himself to go to this other galaxy to get rid of Thrawn because he's such a threat. So he had to mm-hmm. have... He exiled himself to make sure that this guy was out of the picture and could not cause any harm in our galaxy. So it... Um, the whole season was teeing up his return and you kind of knew he was going to get out because I kind of anticipate him, Thrawn, being the kickstarter to how the First Order was established mm-hmm. and how they put the New Republic, which we've seen as being kind of a disorganized mess and yeah. not yeah. being aware of the threats that are coming up. Yeah. Very incompetent, honestly. And he's going to exploit yeah. that as soon as he's back in his last lines are long live the empire. Well, he's going to make the empire come back as soon as he's back home, so to speak. So we only got a taste of what he can do as a tactical, like military mind in this season. I think when he's back on home soil, he's going to mess some stuff up and like he's, they're headed to Dathomir now. So the rumor is like that they had coffins on their, um, ship so what's in that oh. those coffins right 
I'd like to see oh. like a Darth Maul race kind of be brought into the mix. That'd be pretty cool because they're like that's kind of the race I see being on Dathomir. Like that's where Dar- Darth Maul and Savage Oppress yeah. are from. So it would mm-hmm. be cool to see that. Anyway, so I think Thrawn, great, great return. He's um, mm-hmm. shown to not really care to make sacrifices in battle. Like, ah, oh, those mm-hmm. losses are acceptable. That's fine. We slowed them down, <laughs> like all that. Um, cool, calm, and collected under pressure. And you just knew he was going to throw Morgan Elsbeth to the wolves. Like, hey, we need a bit more yeah. time. So, uh, unfortunately, there's not enough room on this ship for you. And uh, that was, like, very predictable. But I also want to show her some love in that they took a character in one season of Mandalorian, The Mandalorian who had a nice fight scene with Ahsoka. I actually love that episode, The Jedi. Mm-hmm. Very, like, samurai-esque, super cool cinematography and really fleshed her out in this season and made her level up and become a stronger villain. I wasn't even sure if she'd die, to be honest. I thought maybe she'd get the upper hand on Ahsoka and they kind of just part ways and were keeping Morgan Elsbeth around for season two of Ahsoka. But obviously she did get cut down by Ahsoka there, but um, great fight scene. That was You're right, that was the best oh, fight yeah. scene of this season. She was moving out there, like, quick feet. Oh, yeah. uh, very impressive yeah, yeah. I read that uh, the actress who plays Morgan Elsbeth's dad was like Bruce Lee's student oh, and like cool. a huge martial artist himself, and she just took into her father's. It's like a black belt in many disciplines. Nice. So, yeah, she's pretty badass. Gonna go back to something you said at the beginning. Ahsoka is way more mature in this show. Complete opposite. Like you said, she never shuts up in Clone Wars and is slightly annoying sometimes, but like everyone's complaining about that, that she's not the same per- or Rosario Dawson isn't playing her right. No, she's literally, she's way older now. She's mature. She's, she's realized like, yeah, you don't have to talk for nothing. You're, you master your emotions, you know, like Grand Admiral, Grand Admiral Thrawn never changes the, the, the cadence of his voice. Like he always sounds the same. You don't know if he's happy, annoyed, mad. It's, it's very scary to be honest. It's a chilling performance. Yeah. Acceptable losses. Yeah. Like it's, you can see, you see him in action in Rebels a lot, which is cool. Like all like his in the space fights, like he's like a chess master moving pieces on a board. It's it's beautiful to watch. Um, another character I really liked actually, because I also like the actress who plays Hera, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She did great as Hera in my opinion. I liked her fighting, like talking to the council and like trying to get her away and defying them. She was pretty badass. A big character I liked too in Rebels, and she was just as good in live action. Uh, I'll just go back, go to the last scene, and like when Ezra sees Hera for the first time, and like Chopper comes rolling. That was like very touching, in my opinion. That was gave me goosebumps uh, when he came back home finally. I don't know how Ahsoka and Sabine are gonna get back home though. Like, what do you think is gonna happen for with that, Eric? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. Honestly, it's gonna be. I well, I'm guessing it'll be pergol related like the space whales mm. that's probably an mm-hmm. easy answer in terms of like they got there through the space whales, so they'll get back with the space whales. right who knows though like, it could be something else it could be so what it looks like they're teeing up with balin is like he's um those like that statue he was on is like the plot of uh you know in in clone wars there was like that and I'd have to rewatch these episodes there. It was like with the father, mm-hmm. the son, and the daughter there about like one's the right. light side, one's the dark side. The other one's like the balance. The father's the balance of the both there. Maybe some sort of like supernatural force will help them transcend mm-hmm. 
space and time or something like that. I don't know if that makes any sense in terms of the lore that they're setting up with them, but I could see that coming into play. Otherwise, is it just for like, and I think they're going to recast Balin's character, honestly. Yeah. A rumor I've seen online, someone people want to see play him is um, Liev Schreiber. Schreiber. I always forget how to say his name, but I could see him like having that kind of aura of a Balin. And then yeah. would he help them get back home kind of thing of like, oh, yeah, there's no room for you. Like you're meant to be somewhere else. Like Balin's kind of a, I don't think he's a villain. Honestly, he's a, just down exactly. the middle when like the greater good needs to intervene. Like he could be the shepherd and then he can also be the, um, like the shaman of death, if you will. So, I mean, I think he'll play a big role there. And uh, yeah, so I, but they're for sure coming back, right? Like you can't just have Ahsoka and oh, Sabine yeah. stuck there forever. <laughs> like that's a no-brainer. They're coming back, and Ezra, glad to see him back in the in our galaxy. Just want to comment on him real quick. There, I thought the actor did a good okay. job at portraying him. He was uh, definitely very goofy. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I guess that's his character, right? Like he he keeps it light mm-hmm. while also being serious and a skilled Jedi. So I think the actor really nailed that aspect of the character and it was cool to see him get the lightsaber back i the force pushing was all right but i did i was hoping Mm. he would get a weapon and we could see him like flex his lightsaber skills again so i'm glad we got to see that later in the season i'm wondering also to see if there's ever going to be something between him and sabine or are they really Mm. just like a bro sis situation if they want to be jedi like they have to abandon all attachment but maybe he'll fall in the footsteps of his master caleb dune or doom and uh, just like now i want to have a kid so who knows yeah. but uh yeah a lot of great characters and i actually want to ask people listening like if you didn't watch rebels let us know like how was the viewing experience for you were you lost do you want to watch rebels just pause this let us know and then go back to listening no like that's a that's a freaking amazing question because like the show completely changes if you haven't seen Rebels. You're more like questioning everything and you might not be attached to the characters. I went into the show attached to the characters right even before the show started. So, and I didn't even know they would include all the Rebels characters to that extent. So that was a welcome surprise. And Balin Skull, whatever the agenda of the good guys and the bad guys are, it doesn't matter to him. He's, he's doing his own thing. He wanted to be exactly where he was at the end. Um, and his fighting style extremely like precise and doesn't waste like a freaking movement at all it's like kind of like old school i don't know what you call that like kendo like samurai fighting where it's super precise and but super strong like when he delivers a, a thrust it's very strong um you can see like the power he has i love that this show didn't rely on too much like sci-fi technology but more on like supernatural stuff that was cool traveling to distant galaxies we've never seen that in star wars that like that was in the lore already like talked about but that like now we see it the po- there's new possibilities now with star wars basically because um, you know every time we hear like we have the outer rim and like the inner rim i guess and like we don't really know what else is out there but there's a hell of a lot more so it expanded the world of star wars introduced new ideas that's why i love this show super easy to follow like linear storyline no filler it was super cool i love like like grad uh, thrawn's like 
Star Destroyer just parked over that pillar for like two episodes. That was cool. Like he's just waiting to like to bounce. Like pre- preparations have to be made, and it's like it was. Re- I I love that. Um, Ezra was cool fight. It's cool to see Ezra fight. Um, he's pretty damn strong. But I mean, if you see him in Rebels, you know like how he gets up there in in terms of strength. Um, what did you think, Eric, of the robot Hu Yang? Did you like that character? Like we need a robot for every series, I guess. Or yeah. I think, yeah, that's become a staple. Like you said, like every season now they're introducing this new, like maybe forward thinking droid, very self-aware, kind of trying to be funny and all that. Yeah. I think he had his moments, Hu Yang, but overall I wasn't overly attached. I feel like a lot of people were huge Hu Yang fans online. I saw like, if they kill Hu Yang, I'm going to riot. I'm like, no, no, just clip <laughs> Hu Yang. Like, if someone's got to go, like, let's make it him. I didn't really yeah. care that much about him, to be honest. Apparently the actor who plays him too is the one who plays... Barty Crouch Jr. Someone asked me if I recognized that it was him. Like, how could I possibly have known that? You know what I mean? But uh, it was tough, uh, tough to identify with like the robotic uh, effect there. But yeah, so Hu Yang was meh. Like, I I know we're going to see him in the next season, but I don't really care too much for him. What about you, Matt? I didn't mind him, but like, I'm just very, like, lukewarm on him. Like, I don't care if he's there because he's, like, moving along the plot. Like, he's the guy fixing stuff. He's the guy, like, look after the ship. He's just there for the plot. Yeah. And I guess for comic relief. I didn't find him that funny, though. No. It's it's just instead of having another character, they're like, let's just have a droid because it is Star Wars. They do exist everywhere. So, yeah, I guess it was okay. Crazy we've gone this far without mentioning the return of... Hayden Christensen as well, again, as Anakin oh, in this series, right? Let's do it. He, um, let's do it. That was really the episode that really got things going for this show. I feel like I was into Ahsoka three episodes in, but it was in, I believe, the fourth episode where we spend all that time in the worlds between worlds, I think is what it's yeah. called. And we're getting some memories from Ahsoka's past. You get to see a child actress play a young Ahsoka and then a teenage mm-hmm. Ahsoka. She that actress is the one who played like young Gamora too in um in Infinity War oh. Endgame. She was awesome and she was in Barbie as well. So she's on the on the rise, this actress. I don't know her name, but really good. But no, loved seeing Hayden Christensen come back as Anakin. Another um Jar Jar Binks situation where he was yeah drove crazy by the fans through the hate that they would spew online like again i've always said i've never had a problem with hayden christensen i was always a fan of him as anakin he was great in this and i would have liked to see even more of him hopefully and they hinted at that at the end he's a force ghost now so hopefully we can see more of him like mentor ahsoka in his afterlife status and uh, she can learn from him as well but sick fight scene with like him with a red lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That's something we never really got, right? To see Hayden yeah. Christensen, Anakin hold that red lightsaber at the height of his power. He's one of the, honestly, mm-hmm. one of the best actors who fights with a lightsaber. I want to say True. he's probably number one, honestly. Like just in the maneuvers that he's able to pull off, he's, he, he's so cool doing those moves. And the cuts with him, like through the smoke as Anakin and Darth oh. Vader, just bone chilling and aesthetically pleasing awesome stuff i feel like i covered a lot there man but uh what what were your thoughts on anakin coming back i mean i totally agree with you eric that episode flew by for me like i i also think he was unjustly like witch hunted from two and three like people hate on him so hard 
if he's a young actor, he, did the, like, the, he didn't write the dialogue. He was delivering the lines that Lucas wrote. If you don't like the dialogue, that's not his problem. He he looked, he looked the look of him, like Hayden Christensen looked great in this. Like, perf- he looked the age. He looked like, he looks good when he's fighting. You're right. Like the actor, I know Hayden and Ewan McGregor trained like crazy to do for the fights. And Ewan McGregor, you, you, uh, Ewan or Ewan? Anyways, Ewan McGregor. Also, is very skilled, Eric. I've seen him like on YouTube. Like he can wield that lightsaber. Probably them and Ray Park as Dark Maul, mm, Darth yeah. Maul. They're probably like top three. Like can actually do this stuff. Yeah. But um, big fan of that episode. Cool to see a young Ahsoka because you're like, oh, that's Clone Wars, and like call him calling her Snips, which is like a huge like fan servicing, but it's awesome. Uh, the battle in her mind. That whole episode that was great. Anakin, if you watch, if you if you haven't seen Star Wars: The Clone Wars, like that's where you get peak Anakin, like lightsaber fighting. Like the man's unstoppable on that show. He's a super badass. He takes down everyone. You see him grow darker and darker, like his mood and his. He's getting closer to the dark side on that show. It is still animated though, so it's yes, you can do anything you want with the lightsaber on that show. But like Anakin is the strongest. Pre Darth Vader, Anakin. Even Darth Vader, we can arguably say, is one of the strongest ever. But uh, he's one of the best like sword fighting guys ever. So um, cool episode. Yep. Like I said, hopefully we get to see more of him down the road. Yeah, just again, la- probably the last comment on this character for me anyways. Balin, I think all his fights with Ahsoka were awesome. And just goes to show like mm-hmm. how strong he is, right? Like She's mm-hmm. been able to go toe-to-toe with Vader. Darth and, Maul, yeah. and he got the upper hand like most times that they squared off, right? So, guy's a beast. Yeah. I hope uh, maybe we get something down the road in him, like in the animated medium as well, like a young Balin or something yeah. would be pretty sick. But um, for future season of Ahsoka, I'd want to see more of that plot, the like supernatural stuff like, that you said you enjoyed, I enjoyed as well. Shin, I think she's going to still be around like leading a pack of like Tuscan Raider esque characters. Our characters try to find a way out of that galaxy. And um yeah, I also want to see like maybe a trilogy of movies in between and I don't know how this mm. would look, but like in between episodes six and seven covering yeah. like Thrawn is your villain kind of thing. All of that. But I don't know if they could pull that off of like episode ten, but it's happening between six and seven. You know, it's kinda weird, so yeah. Maybe it's yeah. a one-off movie yeah. or something. I don't know. Maybe it's That's just what show. I'm thinking, a one-off movie. I'm thinking more of a one-off movie, because you're not renaming the episodes, and you're not doing episode 10, which is a prequel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, this show did not answer every single question right up front. Like, here's all this information that we're feeding you right away. Like, oh, Balin's skull is this, and he used to be this. Like, they didn't tell us that. They didn't tell us if he was, if he knew, like... If he was a general or if he was this, we have to like infer it. We have to like use our brains. And this show is way more adult than not kid friendly in that respect. Um, didn't fe- force feed you all the answers. But no, overall, Ahsoka, very pleased with it. Is that because I have my Rebels nostalgia glasses on? Maybe. Maybe this show, like to me, it's like I, I hold it very in very high regards. Yeah, I can't wait for more. Like, nah, I don't even know how long I have to wait. I just want more of that time period in Star Wars. Anything with Thrawn, you know, the return of the Empire's prodigy or whatever. Like, I want to see all that stuff. They call, uh, like, there's a novel series, I think, that covers, like, kind of his 
either mm. his rise or something like that, like how he becomes prominent. It's called the heir to the empire. So I could see okay. that being like mm. either an episode title, maybe a show title, a movie title. Like I feel like we're going to see heir to the empire somewhere. That's a, a sick title, first of all. And right. yeah, it's going to be like the, the next things we're going to see in this timeline is like how the empire rose again and how the new Republic fell. And they've That's given awesome. us hints in all the different shows with like the Elia Canes of the world and Moff mm-hmm. Gideon. And like I said, incompetence of the new Republic. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what they do next. Nothing's been announced for a second season of Ahsoka, but like they had, there's going to be more with all these characters. It was well received. I love the show. Like I said, mm-hmm. got better as you went into it and no filler, all killer. So, those would be my <laughs> thoughts on Ahsoka. Yeah. There's um did a quick poll on um Instagram of like asking people what their favorite Disney Plus show, Star Wars show was. So, the breakdown, the options I gave were The Mandalorian, Andor, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan. Just out of respect, I threw Obi-Wan in there. I got zero <laughs> votes, just to be clear. So leading the way was the Mandalorian with 45% of the votes. That was the number one that people loved the most. Then Andor came in at number two with 36% of the votes. And Ahsoka came in with 18% of the votes. So if you're keeping track at home, that's that's 99%. So I don't know how that happened. weird (laughs) Weird number of votes, I guess. But, um, yeah, so Mando and or Ahsoka in that order. I mean, if we're encompassing Mando 1, 2, and 3, maybe that, maybe, Andor was great too, so. Andor is more like, can reach a broader audience. Because if you haven't seen Rebels, I, I have a feeling Ahsoka is just like, not as strong in your opinion. Um, is, and is it fair to say that like, oh, you have to watch this five season show to make this show better to appreciate the show more is that even fair to do to someone i don't even know for sure mando one and two i'd put up there too i'd probably be my favorite too so that's a good poll good results we got one response from my friend will who said andor is the best television show but ahsoka is the best star wars show if that makes sense which i think it does make sense like it does andor is really like a it could be said in like a completely other universe like there's Obviously, there are references to the like the Star Wars universe, but mm-hmm. it could just be like a political thriller set in space, and um, yeah, they, they got that intrigue and um, rebellion and all that. So I agree. And then Ahsoka is like full on lightsabers, creatures, yeah. the Force, all that. It's it's Star Wars at its finest. Also, faithful listener Ron Antoine submitted. None of the above. Not a fan. So not about these new Disney Plus Star Wars products. Which I uh, don't agree with, obviously. But it's not for everybody. Maybe it's gone too kid-friendly in a sense. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. that's um, it's a take. Yeah, he, he was old enough to see the original Star Wars in theater. I know Ron, so maybe that's not his thing anymore. Maybe he just likes the OG trilogy, which yeah. is fine by me. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody for voting. It's fun to get quite a few votes in there. Get us to a weird ninety nine percent number. I don't think you've ever seen that, but keep it coming. Always love when you get some fan listener input. I'll just say my favorite Star Wars show right now has been Andor. Honestly, one season, but mm-hmm. I think it's been the best of them all. 
I've enjoyed like then ranking them after like Mando one two and Ahsoka would be very close. Like I loved Ahsoka and I love the first two seasons of Mando. Given that we've seen three seasons of Mando, I feel like overall it's been like let's say Andor next season's not that good, then maybe that affects how I score Andor mm. compared to Mando, right? Same thing with Ahsoka. I see. So it's easier to have like one amazing season and say like that's the best one, but I I stand by it for now. But it's great to see like this is where Star Wars is at. Like right now, Star Wars is killing the Disney Plus content game. Aside Mm. from like minor shows of lesser quality in Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett, which I still enjoyed parts of the the rest. Mm -hmm. Like the most part has been really fire content. Then you get into animated shows like Bad Batch, Tales of the Jedi, Star Wars Visions. So much good Star Wars out there. They're overtaking Marvel in that respect, in my opinion. And we've already said this, but uh, yeah, I know Star Wars is... I'm always excited to watch the new stuff, and I'm not getting any Star Wars fatigue anytime soon. Uh, if probably never will, too. Like, I just love it that much. Might be my favorite, like, franchise and universe. That or Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure yet, but uh, yeah. Did you want to recommend... Uh, do you have stuff to recommend? Well, I was just going to say, like, I don't really know what's up next for Star Wars, honestly. Like, I don't know what oh, the next okay. project next? is. I know they've got a few things on the slate coming up, like that the Acolyte show, which is going to mm. f- cover, like, thousands of years before Phantom Menace. So looking at the maybe the Rise of the Sith, I don't know if it's the first one or if it's just a Sith gr- coming up. But I hope we see some dark stuff in that series, and it's all, again, just a linear storyline focusing on a fall of a Jedi and how a Sith order was established. Looking forward to that. Hopefully we get Mando season four. I don't know if that's going to be next year, but I'd like to see that come sooner than later to uh, maybe bounce back a bit for Mando season three. And I want an announcement on a movie too. It'd be nice to have, like I know with the writer's strike, it's been a little more Mm -hmm. difficult to get content and concrete dates on what's in production, but Hopefully in the next few years we can get back to the cinema and see a nice Star Wars movie that has right. been thought out. And it's going to hopefully just be building off what these shows has laid down. Like That's what I want to see. That's excellent, Eric. Uh, I agree too. With the, the Acolyte has huge potential, but huge potential too for failure. Like yeah. It can go either way in my opinion. It'd be cool if that show though delved even more into the myth of like Sith and Jedi and the religion. Like that whole that'd be cool because we don't really know much uh unless like you do like unless you read all the novels and like i don't do that either i don't read online or have read a lot of the books i want to talk about the movies it's been four years since the last movie we probably won't get a movie in the next two years it takes so long to make so like honestly maybe it's maybe better to wait 10 years like do like 10 years after rise of skywalker then we finally get our star wars movie the start of a trilogy build up the hype that'd be cool like i don't know like force awakens there's so much hype for that movie you know 10 years after revenge of the sith that was insane like it made so much money it'd be cool if they didn't like and then their problem was after having like a a standalone movie in between each sequel so and then we got tired after solo i think i think that's the point after the last jedi and solo back to back that kind of like pissed off everybody but uh i hope they don't i hope they learn from their mistakes basically and again, like you said, like there, if it's true, if they announce a movie already, like oh, it's out in twenty twenty six or whatever, like okay, like it, yeah, still seven years is a long time, but it's still like not that much time, and there's been a lot of shows, so 
it's not like we've been starving for Star Wars content necessarily. So going maybe the Avatar way of water route as well of like years <laughs> down the road, like everyone's going to go back to the theater and it'll make a ton of money yeah. and there's going to be real hype around it. I just wonder though if they'll, they can do that if they want to go with these Rebels characters. Like you want to capitalize mm. on these actors right now, right? Like you don't want to wait 10 years. For like, okay, Ezra's, you remember Ezra from all the way back when? Like he's <laughs> Now he's got his movie kind of thing. But the, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. have to go with Ezra and these characters as well, right? Movie opens up, Ahsoka Hermit, like Obi-Wan <laughs> yeah. in A New Hope. It's like Ahsoka just like, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. I don't know. A new trilogy, I don't know if you go pr- past episode nine or you fill in a gap. But then you can't number it if you do that. You'd have to do a t- trilogy that's like the rise of the new of the first order but then we know the outcome to that i think you go past episode nine and you completely start from like you do a different story or like you go in a different galaxy like just completely unrelated to yeah i don't know why they're i guess because there's so much established in this world that they want to just take from what's already built and can make references Mm -hmm. to things so they're afraid of like taking a shot with like completely new worlds and all that, but it's such a wide. There's so many like different, like you said, outer rim, mid rim. Like they can go so far out there that it doesn't always I have know. to relate back to the Skywalkers, right? So we'll see. Right. But yeah, no, I'm good to cap off on Star Wars. There, like that's kind of all I had. I have a couple things to recommend. Yeah, you can set it off. Since it's October, I'm going to be talking about horror movies and a TV show. Horror movies, uh, one that just came out this year, been getting c- kind of a lot of buzz. Went to the theater for a little bit, um, got a lot of hype from the festivals. It's a supernatural horror movie from Australia. It's called Talk to Me. The reason why this movie stands out is it takes a, a genre and tropes that we've seen a million times and adds its own twist that we've never really seen before done well. I'm not going to say what it is. You can, I'm going to like leave it as a spoiler-free review. But, like, they kind of change the genre and make it more original. And it's, like, super fast-paced movie, in my opinion. Like I said, it's a supernatural horror movie with teenagers. It was freaking awesome, in my opinion. Fresh take on supernatural movies. It was gory. It was emotional. It wasn't boring. It was well-written. Talk to me. A really, really solid horror movie that came, that came out in 2023. Um, Australian, too. So that's my first recommendation. And just quickly, I'm going to say I watched Sanctuary, Eric. You talked about it last episode. Yeah. Um, I really dug it. I like, like, uh, two two actors in a movie just in one room. Like, a play, basically, a play-type movie. That was... I was never bored. It was... The twists and turns really kept me into it. Even though sometimes I didn't really agree with the twist and the turn, I was like, okay, well, at least they're keeping it fresh, and I don't know where the hell it's going. Ultimately, by the end, actually, I was satisfied with the ending, so... Good recommendation, and I think people would. You guys should check out the Sanctuary. Uh, people listening, so yeah. Nice. I'm glad you liked it, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you never know what a, where a movie like that is gonna go in the end, mm-hmm. and uh, when they can hit on a good note of like, okay, like that makes sense. I'm satisfied with this ending. Like it, it makes or breaks the movie, right? So I'm glad. Uh, right. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It does. And I've heard of Talk to Me. I've not seen it, obviously. There. But um, okay, I have to be. I've, I've actually only heard good things about it, so should uh, give it a spin. Then I've not oh, watched yeah. many, if any, horror movies this 
fall so far. <laughs> and I feel like the window is shortening, is closing soon. So I've actually just been off movies in general. I haven't watched a movie since... Fan- actually, I'm watching the Harry Potter movies right now. I'm going to watch Prisoner nice. of Azkaban after recording this. So, that, if I mean, come on, Harry Potter... It's a no-brainer. This time okay. of year, too, is like kind of when I like to watch it. Some people like it during Christmas. For me, it's fall. Mm-hmm. That's prime time, HP oh, yeah. time. Yeah, I'll go with the show. So I'm watching a ton of okay. shows right now, actually. And um, <laughs> the one I'll throw in, which I just started last night, which I'm enjoying quite a bit, is the spin-off show from the show The Boys. It's called Gen V. Have you heard of this, Matt? What? No, I have not. Oh, no. Okay. Gen V. So, oh, yeah, on Prime. Yeah, it's on Prime. It's actually yeah. running right now. Like, they're dropping episodes every Friday. I think there's two episodes left to drop at the time of recording. And it's essentially you're following these college students that all have superpowers. They go to this university, Godalkin U, God University, basically. Okay. <laughs> and it's really, it's like the boys, but in college, you're following mm. a... Um, a young woman called Marie. She has her own powers. She's she, she's with her roommate, and they're getting into all kinds of trouble, like at university and stuff. Like just the usual things you'd expect in university. It's like kind of like a sky high to make a Mary Elizabeth. Uh, what I always forget her last name. That actress, her Winslet. Winstead. Yeah. yeah Winstead. Her, yeah. Yeah. Let's bring her back in. Why not Gwen? And. There's um just a lot of good stuff. It's hilarious so far. I've only watched the first two episodes, but I'm finding it really funny. I love the style, and they, the boys are building like a pretty solid universe that I do think you you have to have seen the boys to really enjoy it. Like you can probably get into it, you'd be missing some things, but they drop a mm-hmm. lot of references to things that have happened in. It's set in the same timeline as the boys as well, so it's current day. Uh, okay. Fo- I think following season three, as far as I can understand. So. I'm enjoying it a lot. Gen V on Prime Video. If you've seen The Boys, I think this is must watch. All right. I'll have to check it out because I, I, The Boys, one of my, I love that show. So, so good. Good. I, I saw the Gen V and I hadn't, I didn't read up on it, Eric, and I had no idea it was part of The Boys. And if I had known, I may have clicked on it. Um, the one TV show I'm watching now, which I'm almost done, I, I never binge watch a show throughout the week, but this one I had to. This is from Netflix. This is The Fall of the House of Usher, directed by Mike Flanagan, who has done mm. such great shows as Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and Midnight Mass. This is his fourth Netflix series, and it doesn't disappoint, in my opinion. It's got a lot of the same actors that he likes to use in his shows and movies. It's got the same scares and creepiness. Well, this is all based off of Edgar Allan Poe's short stories, and every episode is named after an Edgar Allan Poe short story and kind of tributes it in its own way, which I love. I love this show. I'm on the last episode. There's eight episodes. I love it because the actors in it are phenomenal, cool storytelling, nothing nothing freaking complex and that you have to think about for a million years. It's simple, but it does what it does really well, and it's creepy and gory and macabre. That's like the best word to describe it. It's it's Edgar Allan Poe. It's a love letter to Edgar Allan Poe is what this show is. You can see that Mike Flanagan is a huge fan of his work. Like I, I had to keep watching the show every night this week in between the hockey because I love it. I love it that much. Maybe I'm super biased, but like super solid show in my opinion. The Fall of the House of Usher okay. on Netflix. I recommend it 
100% Eric. Yeah, I mean, I'd, um, I enjoyed the first one, Hill House. Then I, I liked Bly Manor as well. Then Midnight Club. There's two of those, no? Midnight Club and Midnight Mass, were there not? That's right. There is Club. I never watched Club. Yeah, I think I started one of them. I think Club I started and wasn't into it. And I watched Midnight Mass. We talked about it on the pod, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. yeah, the actor, funnily enough, full circle... The actor who played like the sheriff in Midnight Mass was someone people were pushing to play Ezra in Ahsoka. Like people wanted that guy to be oh. cast as Ezra. And I think he even tweeted, hey, at Dave Filoni or whatever, like hire me as Ezra Bridge or whatever. That would have been crazy. Mm. But I like that actor. Actually, he was good in those shows. But okay, right on. I'll add that to the list. And it's, it's just another show to juggle for me. Why not? And, um, I mean, like good time to watch that, right? Like I see it just dropped a a week ago on the 12th. So Mm -hmm. good stuff. I had not even heard of this to be honest. So glad to see Mike Flanagan still, still giving her cast his wife in this one too, or no, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Of course he did. And the actor who plays the, the, the sheriff guy from midnight mass is also in uh, house of usher. All of the actors he always uses are. Are back like in this show. Did he get Saracen? There's a again? lot of characters. Who? Saracen from. Yes, he did. Yeah, he he's did. Back? He, oh he did. God. Yeah, yeah. That's too good. Yeah, yeah. From Friday Night Lights. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in. He's in House of Usher, and also Mark Hamill. Oh. Not, wow. not, no juggling. Mark Hamill is a main character in this show, and it's so weird to see. Interesting. Because I'm only used to his. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing him as anything other than Luke. So yeah, Gen V for me. What else? Not that much, honestly. Like I've, there's music yeah. that drops every week that I listen to, and most of it I like. Like at least one every week. There's one that just dropped today, yeah. actually. That I could draw, that I could share. It's um, a short album, nine songs, and it's like 24 minutes long. Called "Doses" oh. by Michi Darko. So one third of the Flatbush Zombies has a pretty eerie cadence about him inherently. So very yeah. raspy voice can get into like some yeah. horror style raps. I feel like this is seasonally correct. Yeah, he just dropped a surprise um nine song capsule called Doses. I've listened to half of it so far, but I've enjoyed it all. So I'm assuming the the last half is good too. So if you like his style, I'd recommend check it out. It's good uh, good raps. He's a, he's a dope rapper. So Doses Michi Darko. I did see that it dropped. I haven't listened to it yet, though, but I saw this morning. Uh, I was like, oh, that, I, I did not expect to see that. There was that one in the West Side Gun. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm not, I'll listen to the Michi Darko first because the other one's like 18 songs. Yeah. But uh, no well, that one stuff. I knew was dropping. Like, and then You Pray For Me, I was definitely yeah. anticipating that. And that was pray. not a surprise yeah. release for me. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I don't look ahead, so. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to the West Side Gun? Like, is it? Good yeah, or? so I've listened to it twice, and I guess I could say like my thoughts on two listens. Not exactly what I was expecting, to be honest. I went into it thinking like, okay, mm. like this is probably gonna be a surefire like top ten album for me. I don't know if it's gonna be, to be honest. It's it's different. There's a lot of songs I like a lot, but I have to run it back a few times to see if like cohesively I like the whole thing. And he's saying this is like his last mm. album too. He said he's still gonna do projects here and there. But he considers this like a full-on album, which he tr- approaches differently. Okay. So I'm uh, I'm not gonna dismiss it. There's some songs I maybe didn't love as much, 
but that's all that's been the case with a lot of his albums too that there's some skips too right so i think it's yeah. i don't want to be judging too early and maybe in a few yeah, months yeah. i come around completely and i'm like yeah, i love this album so first thoughts i would say listen to it though and let see what you think no i'll for sure check it out me it takes me way more than me it takes me over like 10 le- like the album has to be re-listened a bunch of times for me to make my list because like it changes too like sometimes you think it's the i've listened to so many albums it's the i think it's the best thing ever and then like five more listens and i'm like yeah no i don't know what i was thinking so yeah good call eric i'll have i have one more movie to talk about yeah. and that's it for me it's on amazon prime it's called totally killer mm. it's a slasher movie that came out this year it's actually a time travel slasher movie um, starring Kernan Shipka. Kernan Shipka's from, uh, she was the daughter of John Hamm in Mad Men. She played Sabrina, the teenage witch in the new spinoff show that came out. She's an up and coming young actress. She's really good. Uh, I dig her in a lot of stuff, like everything I've seen her in. She's our main character. There's like a killer in the movie that killed like 30 years ago. They got, they still haven't figured out who did it. Like I said, there's a fantasy time travel element involved or sci-fi element involved. She ends up going back to the like the day before the killer does all his killings and tries to figure out what's going on. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I unveil like the first 15 minutes here, so it's not really a huge spoiler, but you get a lot of cool 80s stuff. So the the dialogue's super sharp. This is the strength of the movie is the really good dialogue and the kills. It it's funny, but it gets brutal really quick. And when it's time to be violent, like they don't pull any punches. But it's also like a horror comedy. Like it's funny when the characters are interacting, you know. She meets up with, like, people that she knows as adults, but now they're much younger. They're all in high school. So it's kind of funny. It's a good it's a good uh, horror slasher. If you want to watch a good horror film for Halloween, Totally Killer is a really fun movie that I recommend. Okay, right on. Yeah, so I yeah, think that's all I got. good spot to wrap it up. Um, yeah, by the time this drops, it's probably the last time that we're in the seasonally correct time to really get into those horror movies. So check those ones out. Right. And uh, Gen V, if you want, like it's obviously very dark comedy slash action as mm-hmm. well, so it could fit if you want as well. And doses, why not? So yeah, no, great, <laughs> great stuff, Matt. Love uh, talking Star Wars with you as per usual. Any final notes for mm-hmm. the listeners? No, just thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed our Star Wars talk. I hope we didn't. I hope we like made you appreciate like the shows even more, or like made you want to rewatch some stuff. Um, let us know what you thought too if you'd like. Um, yeah, Eric, this was super fun. I love talking Star. We like we could have an eight hour an eight hour podcast on Star Wars, just the like the prequel trilogy or something, <laughs> like Phantom Menace three hour commentary or something. Uh, but yeah, no, th- thank you everybody for listening. So yeah, thanks a lot everybody for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Hope you enjoy uh, your fall, enjoying all the sports and uh, yeah, fun good fall weather. And yeah, peace.